Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. God bless you, God bless you. Thank you for another day. Welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday afternoon service. God bless you this evening. I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and around us each and every day. It's just exciting to know that God is still good in spite of us. You know, I often say that um, what God is doing for us, with us, and through us, for us, in the midst of us, every day, because it's true. But tonight, you know, um, I want to talk to you about a topic that's interesting. Of course, most of the topics are interesting. But I want to talk to you today about compassion. It's, a, it's an interesting topic. Bow your heads with me for a minute. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in the behalf of those that are watching the broadcast, the television broadcast, those that are listening by podcast or, or YouTube or Twitter, however they may be watching this Sunday afternoon broadcast. I ask you to touch every liberal soul and break every yoke in their lives, meet the needs in their lives, touch their lives. I bind the hands of the enemy on every hand, loose their, their wills and souls, and let them go free in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we live in a world that lacks compassion. Before we get into the message, I want you to do me a favor. Some of y'all don't do it, but I'm asking you anyway to go to the Tabernacle of Deliverance, inc.org, and you can leave a prayer request, become a partner, I'll leave a testimony. Let us know who you are. I know some of y'all watching the podcast. I mean, listen to the podcast. I know many of y'all listen to the podcast. So let us know who you are. <laughs> I keep trying to get people to understand. I don't know who y'all know who I am, but I don't know who you are. So visit the website, leave a testimony, leave a prayer request, or just let us know who you are. And also, I want to just, just briefly, I want to let you know, we also do what we call the Wisdom for Life Scripture Series on Tuesdays and Fridays, mornings at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, if you want to become a part of that, you can email us at we care at the tabernacle deliverance inc.org or uh, you could text us. Uh, oh, this how we do this how it works. You can email us at we care at the tabernacle deliverance inc.org. And what you can do, you can say, let us know if you want to be do by text, leave your phone number, or you want to do by email. Uh, give us your uh, Facebook uh, uh, handle, and then we can set you up. We'll put it, put you on it. No, we don't call you or text you or anything like that. We just send out the scripture on Tuesdays and Fridays to the group that uh, I send it to. I personally turn out myself, so I'm not pulling anybody. Not necessary. Anyway, now, get your Bibles, and let's talk about compassion. It's an interesting su subject. But, you know, I've learned... Me. By working with different people over the years, I've learned a lot of people don't have compassion, don't know how to have compassion, don't know how to show compassion. That's interesting. One of the things I've learned about Jesus is this. He showed compassion, but I want to let you know something. Jesus showed compassion because his father, father taught him compassion. Jesus said, I only do and I, I only do and say what I saw. And heard my father do and say. That's it. That's how come he knew about compassion because God is very compassionate and he shows compassion. Get your Bibles and go to the book of Romans. 
Romans chapter 9 and verse 15. Listen to this. Romans chapter 9, verse 15, King J. Virgin, it says, for, for he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I'll read it again. For he said to Moses, I will have I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's God speaking. The compassionate God. He said he would have mercy on whom he would have mercy. He will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. Because God deals with the heart. We don't. We deal with the outer parents and all this other stuff. But God deals with the heart. God knows how to look into a person's heart and tell whether or not that person wants to do right. Oh, y'all not listening to me. God knows how to look into a person's heart and tell whether or not that person truly wants to do what is right. That's how he operates. That's why he have compassion on whom he will have compassion and mercy on whom he will have mercy on. Because God knows the heart. It's interesting when you look at this verse that he told Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Why? Because God knows each. You got to remember something. God created man. So he knows a man operates. He knows how man operates. He knows how man thinks. He knows how man carry himself. He knows how man talks. That's why he said, I have compassion on whom I will have compassion and I have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Not like us. Why? Because God sees inside the heart and sometimes people are just messed up. They need God's help. Everybody threw their hands up on them and gave up on them, but God didn't give up on them. And he have compassion and mercy on that person and bring him out and bring him over and bring him through. And everybody say, oh, wow. How is that possible? How did he get the way they had? Because God seen their heart and he have compassion on them. That's interesting. But we don't have compassion on people. We're not compassionate people. No, 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 no. Oh. We're compassionate with people when they do what we want. That's not how God operates when it comes down to compassion. He's a compassionate God. He's helped the Egyptians. He helped some of the Assyrians. He helped all type of people because he's a merciful God. And some of those nations were God's people, enemy, yet God still showed some of that mercy. You don't believe me? When um they were sent into the land to spy out the land, and the harlot saved them, God had mercy on her. God had compassion on her and her family and saved them. Isn't that something? Now, some of us super righteous, self-righteous people run around saying, you're nasty, they're all going to hell, but God can turn around 
time and you'll be lost. Because <laughs> he's the God of compassion. And we're not. We have to learn compassion through him because he's the God of compassion. We can only learn compassion through God. We can't learn compassion on ourselves through ourselves. Amen. We can only learn compassion through God and his mercy. That's the, that's the unique thing about God. We can learn about compassion through God. Let's move on. Let's go to Psalms chapter 86 and talk a little bit more about compassion. Psalms 86, King James Virgin, as always. And verse 15. Listen to this. Listen to this, beloved. Psalm 50, Psalms 86 and verse 15. 15. It says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. I'll read it again. Psalm 86 and 15 says, But thou, O God, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious and long suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Did you hear that? God is the God of compassion. He is the God of compassion. Amen. The devil is the God of destruction. Amen. But the scripture here says something unique. It said, but oh Lord, God, God, a God full of compassion and gracious. The next thing he says after that, and long suffering. God put up with our mess. God puts up with our mess. But check this out. After we get saved, after we get to walk with the Lord, after we get to know God and the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't know how to show compassion. We don't know how, for some reason, to be gracious to other people. And for some reason, we're not long-suffering with people. We're not long-suffering with our children. We're not long-suffering with our, our neighbors and stuff. We wash them down away with right now. They're wicked, low-down people. Now, before, have luck. We were wicked, low-down sinners, born in sin. Shaped in iniquity, but now we're so righteous. We look down on people. How dare you yourself love your nasty little thing? <laughs> if God pulled out your sins out of a sinner for sincere forgetting it, forgetfulness, and, and waved it in front of everybody that knew you, you would be very ashamed of yourself. You will be very embarrassed and hiding under a rock when everybody sees all your sins, all your nastiness, all the dirt that you did. You'll be hiding under a rock because you don't want nobody to know what you did when you were all alone with nobody was around you. I heard a preacher say something that's true. He said, you know, you could tell how a person really is when they're alone. It's the things they do when they're all alone with nobody that knows them around them. And it's true. It's true. 
But the thing about this scripture here is interesting because it said that God is long-suffering. He's not willing that anybody would perish. He said, he sent this son to tell us he came that he might have life, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Ah, 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 if we want it. The scripture also says, whosoever will let them come, if you want it. God is the God of compassion. God is the God of love. God is the God of mercy. Oh, he's not a sucker though, and he's not a flunky. People say, I can do whatever I want. God still love me. Yes, that's true, but you're going to go to hell if you don't get right. <laughs> I like that part. But the scripture here, verse 15, said, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Did you hear that? Plenteous. He got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots, lots of mercy to give us. His mercies are renewed every day with us. Every time you wake up, the mercies of God are renewed with you. For you. I hope you get through the day. You see, we could offend God in 80,000 ways. We could get nasty with somebody when we shouldn't. We could get an attitude with people when we shouldn't. When our pastor tell us certain things, we want to tell them off. We want to tell a pastor where to get off disrespect the man or woman of God, then you got issues with God because you're meddling with that servant. When you meddle with God's servant, it's like putting a knife to your throat and just cutting your own throat. And it goes versa, vice versa. When a man or woman of God step out of being a man or woman of God and start meddling with God's heritage, it's like having a hangman around his, a hangman's neck, what is it? A hangman rope around his neck and he just jumps and hangs himself. It works two ways, buddy. It's not one-sided. That's all I like. That's all I like about God. He ain't one-sided. So the scripture says he had plenty of mercy to offer us. That's why he's long suffering. That's why God's compassion is available. I like that. God's compassion is available for us to obtain. But one of the questions about God in total is, do you want what God has? Okay, there's also a scripture that says that we're blessed in all, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But guess what? 99% of people never get them. Not even a quarter of them. You know why? It's like Pastor T said, we just wrapped up in this world. We're too wrapped up in this world where we can't receive full kingdom blessing. We die without receiving a blessing. We die not receiving what God has for us because of unbelief and doubt. Amen. Because of our unbelief and doubt, we don't receive what God has and we have many yoke spiritualized. You know what? To prove it, most people don't have no desire to read God's word. To study God's word, really find out who God is. But yet they'll call God for every little issue they have. God help me. God bless me. God help me. God help me. Bless me. Bless me. But they won't call on God. 
Help me understand your word. Open my understanding that I might know who you are for myself. Not to impress my pastor, not to impress nobody, that I get to know you for me. Put yourself there. I'll put Bernard there. I want to get to know you, Lord God Almighty, for me. Not based on some book I read about somebody getting caught up to heaven. No. Uh, that's not good enough for me. Because they could be lying. A lot of them don't dream. You know, you know, people dream up stuff. You know, they lay in their bed and they go to sleep and they start having all these strange dreams. And then they start writing a book at it. I was reading an article and the lady said, and and then Jesus' hand directed me to write his name. That's some crazy stuff she was saying. <laughs> See, he directed a hand. I'm like, and I wrote Jesus on the paper. <laughs> Anybody can write the name Jesus on paper. Guess what? It's right in these 66 books in the Bible. Guess what? There's thousands and th I'm not lying to you. There may be a million books and stories about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That's right. The Bible even talks about there's other books that's not mentioned in his Bible and other things about the, the Lord Jesus Christ that's not written in that Bible. That's a fact. But it's not valid to be used as the scriptures. Not, not that. That's not valid. But it's true. But we can't verify it because the Lord is not going to tell us everything that went down while he was walking the earth. He's not telling everybody anything. He's not. That, that, just stop that lie. Stop that lie. God is a God of compassion. He's not telling everybody everything. Stop lying on God. The Lord spoke to me. And, uh, you know, we used to have a brother like that in the church, you know. It was funny. I mean, it became to a point we were in the van. We told him to shut up. The minute he opened his mouth, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord spoke to me. Well, why didn't the Lord tell you your wife was leaving you? I want to know that. <laughs> if the Lord is making you that much, why couldn't the Lord tell you that your wife was leaving you? Come on. <laughs> I was young in the Lord. I wasn't that bold. But the word around the church would get away from him. I mean, because all he do is the Lord spoke to 24 hours a day. And we base it off the scripture. God didn't speak to Moses that much. Moses was the man in tomb of God. Abraham was the day. These guys hung out with the Lord. Okay? These guys. Knew the Lord. These guys been around Michael, Archangel, and Gabriel, whoever. They've been around these folks. And here's some dude that's just talking about he, God is calling him into the ministry, blah, blah, blah. But every five seconds he opened his mouth, uh, God just spoke to me. God just, God just speaks to nobody that much. You got to go to the bathroom. God just spoke to me. I'm going to the bathroom. God just spoke to me. I'm going to the bathroom. Stop lying on oh God. Oh, my God. All these people on TV where I said the Lord spoke of stop lying on my father. God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Like broken records. God spoke to me. God told me to tell you to send me $100. Stop lying on God. <laughs> tell the truth. I need you to send me $100 for the ministry. But sometimes they're not saying for the ministry. They're just saying send them $100 because they need it for their pocket. <laughs> I, know I, I, know I'm, I know I'm too honest about this, but it's true. 
Listen, when they said, I need you to send me $100. Notice they say, I need you to send me. They're not saying, I need you to send $100 to help the work of the law that we're doing. They'll say, I need you to send me $100. I want it myself. That's what they're really saying. Only read between the lines. No, and when I asked the people to give offerings, I said, listen, I need you to help the ministry. I need you to give a love offering, become a partner. If you get $5, $10, I'm grateful. I ain't beg. I'm not gonna beg you for a dime. I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask you to give. I don't have no blessed oil. I have no blessed nails. I have no blessed toilet paper or whatever these guys run around giving away. I ain't got nothing. And when my book comes out, whenever, whenever the, uh, uh, the uh, what they call them, uh, um, the uh, huh? the proofreader send the book back. Whenever they send it back, when I offer that book, I'm gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm, I say, you can send us $100 and I'll give you the book free because that's a lie. That's not true. I know these preachers say, you can send us $100, we'll give you the book free. The book is not free, okay? You're, getting a, you're giving $100 to get that book. So I'll tell you the truth. If the book is $20, that's what it costs. That's what you're going to pay for it. It's that simple. I ain't going to say, and we'll send you our book free. Nah, that's lies. It ain't free. You had to pay $100 for $20. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm real bad with that. Okay, let's get back to the word of God. Now that verse here says, verse 15, O Lord, but thou art a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous and mercy and truth. The thing about this, people, get to know the God of truth. There's no lying God. And, you know, it's sad today that people don't trust preachers. You know, when if I meet somebody in the street and go witness to them, start talking to them about the Lord, I never tell them I'm a preacher. I never tell them. That's the last thing in the world I do is tell them I'm a preacher. Now, some of these people pull out a bottle all they back pocket and say, you want a drink? I'm serious. I seen it happen. When I first got saved, I was shocked to see the guy, with a, uh, the, the minister with a bottle in the back pocket. I couldn't believe it. I said, but you're a minister. He said, you know what? Open the bottle drinking. I was so blown away. I, I didn't know preachers did that kind of stuff. I learned the hard way. Church I was raised in, the, the deacon, they, the church went on the bus out, and he waited for them to come. He was tired, waiting for them to come. He had a bottle in his backpack. I never forgot that. I was a little boy. I could have been more than 78. And he pulled out that bottle, started drinking, go, 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 go. I was shocked. And at that, in the church. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, when, I, when I started out with a little boy in church, I had this, I, I was, I, I felt, I guess I was a dumb, I was dumb because I thought people, preachers were, well, uh, they were the people that were close to God and the deacons, they were all people that was in close and tune with heaven and all that. I, I, I had to get it right because I, I, I was living in the dream world, but it was, that wasn't true. And I was stunned to see the deacon in the church pull out the bottle and drink. I, I, I was really shocked. I was stunned. The, pre the minister that pulled out his bottle in the street justified. He even showed me his minister lights, and I was I was totally shocked. I was with that incident. I had to be about seventeen or nineteen, and that happened. I was totally blown away. I didn't know preachers could do that. Then when I read when I really read the word of God, I found that they were all liars and they wasn't walking with God. The Bible said, "Know them that labor among you." Okay, so that verse says, "He's plenty of mercy and truth." He's plenty of some mercy of truth. Let's move on real quick. Let's go to 
Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And verse 33. This is the Lord speaking. Matthew 8, chapter 18, verse 33 says, Shouldest thou, shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even if I had pity on thee? I'll read it again. Matthew 18, 33 says, Shouldest, shouldest not thou have, have also have, have compassion on thy fellow servant, even if I had compassion on thee? No, not today. Ain't nobody want to have compassion on nobody else. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to have compassion on no one else. Take creditors, for instance. Listen to this. Many banks got bailed out during the time Obama was in office. Listen to this. But yet, they forced those people to pay those credit card bills, but they got bailed out. They had no compassion on those people. Amen. They people couldn't pay their bills, but yet they had no compassion on it. Messed up their credit more, harassed them and collected them, but they got billions of dollars bailed out. That's why I don't feel sorry for no banks when they close. I don't feel sorry for them at all because they don't care about people. They show no compassion. Amen. I had one bank contact me. They're gonna tell. They're gonna tell me I owe them six hundred dollars. I said, Yeah, that's nice. Since when? Well, your your account, your account is overdrawn. I don't have an account with you. How is it going to be overdrawn? I haven't had an account with this bank in ages. I want to know how it's my account. And now, now, this is the lady that called me. It was actually the bank. It wasn't no fraud and stuff. But the problem was it was a fraud and banking issue. Because that bank constantly had fraud and issue. And they called me. She's looking at her screen and say, well, isn't your account still open? You, I'm like, are you asking me? If my account's still open and you're looking at the screen, you don't know? She said, well, you owe us $600. I said, well, ma'am, do me a favor. Send me the information since you're saying I got account with you. But you know, I'm going to sue you, right? Because I don't have no account with you. People need to learn and businesses need to learn to have compassion on customers. Especially today, the outbreak. These people are getting bailed out and all this other stuff, and they still mean and nasty to their customers. It's shameful. And the church is the same way. A lot of these pastors with their big church, but church and now they they they, they gonna get that money. They're gonna get that money because they gotta pay that light bill. They gotta pay that, that rent. They gotta pay that mortgage. Still so them being honest. Let me tell you something. My pastor, the late Apostle Johnny Washington, was a real apostle, a real man of God. And everybody that knew him knew that. But this man never begged for a dime. Never, ever. If he asked for $10,000 for the roof, he would put that stuff in front of everybody to let them see that that $10,000 went to that roof. When he needed more equipment to do traveling, when he did crusades, I mean, he said, we need $20,000. We got to get this equipment. He got there, everybody donated a donation, they offering tithes or whatever, and he put all that equipment in front of that church. 
I never forgot that. It was the great, greatest lesson I've learned about being a man of God and honesty. And having compassion on people, begging people for money. People be begging for money and don't need it. I used to do a revival at a church and I stopped doing the revival. When I first started doing the revival, they were having a building fund. For 20 years, they were still having a building fund. The next time I visited a church, when I begged my friend not to preach at that church, I begged them, I said, that church is about money and not about money. Do you know for a fact I walked in the bathroom and looked worse than when I was 20 years before and they still having a building fund. When the pastor died, the church closed. You got to have compassion on God's people. You can't beg, beg from God. You ain't got no business begging. The Bible said, "Ask what you will," but because you won't walk with God, you won't do what God tell you. You doing it your way. That's why God won't prosper your ministry. That's why God won't prosper your ministry. <laughs> it's true. God has compassion on His servants, on His people, because He loves them. But he knows the scammers. So the scripture says here, Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant? Even though thou have compassion on thee, or pity on thee, Matthew 18, 33. And we talk about we save. What we save from? We don't have compassion on people. You see somebody walking in the street, they're hungry and stuff, and you know the Spirit of God is pushing you and telling you, give them a dollar or something, do something for them. And you'll walk by, turn their nose up. But yet God had compassion on you when you could have been fired from your job. He still lets you keep that job. Hello? It's the truth. God had compassion on people that he didn't have to. You know, I can never understand something as a preacher. I see preachers drive by in beautiful cars. Now, don't get me wrong. I drive a nice car. We, me and my wife, we work for what we do. Well, yeah. I drive a nice car. No, I don't drive a Rolls Royce. I'm never getting one of those. Anything about that kind of stuff. I have a dependable vehicle to get us around. But I can never understand these preachers driving all these fancy, expensive $100,000, $200,000 cars that, that did not work for them. They didn't buy on them. The church did it. And they got people in their church that can't even pay their rent. I, I can't receive that. They ain't having a people, compassion on the people. And some of these people really need help. Some of these people need so the church to help them pay their rent. Bring some food. See that? They cold. And he's still saying some of them talking about they want another jet and already got two. That's ridiculous. That's shameful. Sell the one you got and get a new one. No, they won't do it. I got three jets. <laughs> and we're going to expand the ministry more. We're going to get another jet. I need everybody to help me get $5 million up together right away. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Having compassion on other people. God dismissed debts with you, dismissed death with other people. People borrowed money from you and you hold it in your heart that Jane and Mary borrowed $100 from me and never paid me back. And you hold it in that as envy and malice against them. Forgive them. 
and have compassion on them. Have compassion on other people. If you want God to have compassion on you. Have compassion on other people and show mercy and show kindness to other folks. As the scripture tells us to do. Have compassion on other people and show mercy and kindness to other people. Be gracious unto other people. And let God be gracious back to you. You cannot outgive God when you have the right motive. You cannot outgive God when your motive is right. When you have compassion on other people, God will show you compassion. Don't expect God to have compassion on you. You don't want to show compassion on other people. Stop fooling yourself. Let's move on. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 41. And it says as follows. Jesus and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will thou clean. I'll read it again. And Jesus was moved, moved, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. I will be thou clean. Did you hear that? Verse 41 of chapter 1 of Mark says something very interesting. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. That's something. The Lord will. Your life be clean. Did you hear that? The Lord will through his compassion that your life be clean and effective. Become the starring role. Have the star and role of your life. Become the movie star of your lifetime. Become the moving star of your life. Be the star of your life. Let the light from heaven shine down on you. You're the star of your life. And be down clean because the Lord wills that. That you be the star of your own life, not somebody else's life. Live like you're God's starring child. Hold your head up and live right before God so God can brag on you. If God can't brag on you, he ain't got nothing to say about you. I constantly tell people about the song, Jesus is a friend of mine. They sing that song. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. And Jesus has said, what? I don't have a friend in you. That's why he said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say do. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. I'm mean, just like a broken record. 
What a friend we have in Jesus. Big deal. Friendship is two-sided, not one-sided. Everybody loving that cry big said, a friend we have in Jesus. All of us in group, the best. Stop it. That's not friendship. That's lordship. You don't believe me? What do friends do? Tell me. Do friends spend their time repenting before each other all day long? No. What do friends do? They have fun together. They hang out. They watch football games together. Oh, okay. They go to the beauty salon together, the women. That's the stuff they do. Those are friends. They go out to eat and have a good time. Next Sunday. I know we don't announce a message on my preach. Next Sunday is what a friend we have in Jesus. Be, make sure you're here. <laughs> I'm tired of this. What a friend we have in Jesus. Folks running around with a what a friend we have in Jesus. Because I'm sick of it. I'm sick over my head of it. They singing a song about somebody they don't know. They not hit friend. They not hit friend. Friends don't spend all their time repenting before each other. They have fun. Some of them getting into some trouble together too. <laughs> the guys get together. They talk about some girl they want to talk to. Girls get together talk about some guy they want to talk to. They want to have a good time. Hey, them friends love to hang out, have that special time together. And that's what we like with God. We only know what a friend we have Nonsense. Next week. Be here for that. All right, let's move on. Mark 41 and 1 says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth the hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thy clean. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's um, Mark one forty one. Yeah, so Jesus was trying to get the man out of there. It's his will. He wants him to be clean. It's God's will. He wants us to be clean before him. It's God's will. He wants us to be clean. It's his God, his will that he wants us to be righteous. God don't want us jacked up. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. Don't play with God. And that way you won't get messed up. Be truthful with God. We get messed up and lose our God when we try to cite God and deceive him. Yet he's a compassionate God. And he's long-suffering. And we try to psych him and deceive him. We try to use him as a flunky and a wash rag. But I'm going to tell you something. I've learned when I was a teenager, I've seen people do that. And I've seen their results. And not one lived to tell a story. I'm not kidding you. Not one lived to tell a story. Hmm. Think I'm joking? I'm not. I'm dead now. I'm dead serious. I've seen people try to take God and use him like a flunky and a wash rag. Run around trying to make like God was a homosexual and all this other nasty stuff. God surely removed those people. I'm not kidding you. I'm not making it up. I got witnesses to testify to what I'm saying. Don't play with God. Don't play with God. 
My father isn't a Platon. Notice I call him my father, right? When you become born again, when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you become a child of the living God because we're all born as God's creation, not God's children. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. I know people don't care for the messages I preach. I really don't care. I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm not in a competition. When I stand before God, I really, truly desire to hear God say, well done. Now, get out of here. Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't even know you. I don't want that. I want to tell people the truth. If that's not popular, I ain't getting rich off it. I don't care. Okay, Matthew 9.36 says, it's 9.36, right? Yeah, 9.36 says, but when he saw the multitude, this Jesus Christ, when he, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Let me read again. Matthew 9.36 says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad and as a shepherd have as sheep having no shepherd that's today beloved there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people every day looking to find out if god is real looking to find out god is real and the Lord just brought a thought back to me about sheep. Thank you, Lord. I mentioned some in some mess services and Bible studies I did years uh, months back, or uh, maybe years or whatever. Um, about I've seen a video on YouTube about um sheep and people, and in this video. Uh, they had different people, different nationality people from, uh, I guess they would say people, I don't know. I don't know if they would say or not. But they had Chinese people, Korean people, black people, all, all a bunch of different race of people out there. And all of them was given an opportunity to call a sheep. Some were screaming, hey, come here. <laughs> I'm serious. All of them had their chance to call a sheep. They screaming, a girl say, hey, come here. Oh, everybody's screaming, trying to get the sheep to come singly, individually. Those sheep didn't move. As soon as the shepherd, I'll never forget this. As soon as the shepherd walked out there, he simply said with a still voice, come here. I watch with my own eyes. Those, I'm the herd of sheep. They're all over the place. They're all over. And what's the thing about that when he said, he didn't scream. He said, come here, just like that. And you see the sheep turn around and they coming towards him. I was blown away. It's just like the scripture say, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. See that? My sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. And those sheep came up to him and when he turned this way, they turned that way. When he turned to the left, they turn to the left. When he walks straight, they walk straight. Why? Because it was the shepherd. Not all those people, strangers standing out there calling them, they wasn't budget. Amen. They wasn't moving. Because the shepherd had the compassion on his sheep. 
And they know that. Amen. And they love the shepherd. And the shepherd loves his sheep. And he knows one sheep goes straight, he's gonna go find it and he's gonna break his leg, so don't do it again. I know my Bible because I know that's what the Lord will do. He don't play games. He loves his sheep. So look, let's look at the scripture again. Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered, scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And that's today. You got thousands of preachers on TV. Oh, everybody's online. Everybody online. I watch some people online. I don't know. I don't know what planet they come from. I'm not going to lie. Some of them have these backgrounds, like they flying through. <laughs> some of them have backgrounds that they coming through space. Ooh, I mean, it's really funny. I mean, some of them, I'm like, they can't be serious, but they're serious. They got there like they space out way. And then one came on today singing. I'm like, what is he talking about? What is he saying? God's sheep know his voice. And the stranger, they will not follow. Amen. I know I'm a, I'm a shepherd. I know uh, the, the podcast is growing. I know you folks out there listen to the podcast. Because I'm going to keep telling you the truth. I'm going to keep striving to be a good shepherd. Amen. But the thing is, if this really get me here, beloved, is with that video I seen and the scripture. Because it brought to life the word of God with a shepherd and actual sheep. It was you would have to see the video. It's just it's mind blowing. And them sheep would not move. I don't care how much those people call them. There's something. So the Lord in his verse had compassion because the people were spread all aboard. He was concerned about his people and I'm concerned about God's people all over the world. There's a mess in Haiti right now. What's going on in Haiti? We got to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers to help. Not make the matter worse. So you got to ask God to send people. You got to ask God to send people. Send laborers. I'm going to tell you something. I pray a lot from time to time. The Lord will direct me to pray about the child or uh, 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 child trafficking, uh, sex yeah. trafficking stuff. And every time I start praying about that, I start praying and calling on God about that. Every time he stirs me, I start calling on God about it because I have compassion. What happens that I read stories that they just say 30 or 40 kids. Wow. One time it was 218 or something like that. When he stirred me, I'll start praying. I said, send forth your servants. See, God has servants all over. Amen. They're not all preachers. Amen. God got servants everywhere. And he sent off his ministering angels. And he sent off his servants to civilize, to destroy it. Hallelujah. Because he has compassion. You got to love God and his people. I'm telling you. You got to love God and his people. Let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. I don't know who the heirs of salvation is. That's why I try to treat everybody right. That's why I tell people, treat people fairly. Because they could be an air of salvation and you offend them. You're going to be in trouble with God. Hmm. I see preachers. Preachers get all nasty with people, tell them off, all that kind of foolishness. You could offend an air of salvation and have a problem with God. Get yourself cut off. So in the verse, Christ had compassion on the people. Because he see they were scattered. They were faint. They were hungry. 
The people are hungry for the word of God. <coughs> the people today are hungry for the word of God. Amen. So what happened is these some of these preachers deliberately manipulate the people because they know they're hungry for the word of God. So they try to squeeze all the money they can out of them. And when they go back in the church, they're gonna really do y'all in. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna try and take your drawers off you if they can. You need a new pair of drawers. They're going to try and get that money. No, give it to the ministry. Ah, stop that mess. I'm sorry. I'm I'm straight up about this because I know that's what's going on. The Bible said, warn them for me. Cry out and spare not. I don't spare nobody. I don't spare my mama. And it's true. Yes, I know. Too late now. So you gotta walk with God in righteousness. You gotta obey God in righteousness. Not just when you're in a church service, outside the door. Let's move on. Let's go to um, 1 John chapter three. First John chapter three, verse 17. <clears throat> First John chapter three, verse 17. But whoso, listen to this carefully folks, but whoso haveth this world's goods and see if his brother have need and shut up your head bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of God in him? I'll read it again. But whoso haveth this this world's good, and see if his brother in need, and have it, and, and see if his brother have need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? <laughs> oh, that is so funny, beloved. But that's today. That's today. It used to be a time <clears throat> years ago, people in the South, people do their harvest, pick up all their harvest, and then they would leave some baskets with stuff on the side for the poor. The poor come by and get get that get the, that stuff the, they put on the side for them because they, they was concerned about even a poor eating. Not today. They don't, people don't want to do that kind of stuff today. It's about me, 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 mine, 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 mine. It ain't about caring about your brother. But how dwelleth the love of God in you running around, speaking in tongues, shouting and all this other nonsense, claiming you're walking with God, and you know you know somebody in that church you definitely know is hungry and in need, and you shut up your bowels of compassion. And you're going to go take that 20 extra $20 you have and give it to the pastor so you can look good. You are a stupid fool. You just cut your blessings. When you see somebody that's in need, you're going to bypass that word person to go and press the pastor. Amen. Stupid. That's stupid. You cut your own blessings. You cut your own blessings. Now, I'm a pastor. 
I like people to be a blessing to me. Many can't. But if you see somebody in need, take care of that person. They need to eat. I may not see it. Preachers don't see everything. We don't see everything. I could do a revival in a big place. I'm not going to see everything. I remember, I never forget the story. I was in a, a revival with my pastor. And this lady asked a hard thing. Um, one of the songs that the church sung, it was, it was really popular back then in the 80s. And she said, I didn't know her. She said, um, I don't even know if she knew I knew the pastor personally, but I did. She said, um, I'll give $100 if you could get the pastor to sing that song for me. And I love to hear that song. I said, ma'am, you asking me something that's impossible. I can't go up to him and just say, sing this song. Somebody's going to give $100. She wasn't doing it in a um, disrespectful way. She just loved to hear the song. And she wanted, she would get more money if she heard the song. She wasn't trying to get personal, nothing. She just wanted to hear the song. But I couldn't guarantee no such thing. But you want to know something? God touched Pastor Washington, he sung that song. <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away. And that man could sing. Oh, my gosh, that man could sing. Oh, not like me, because I sound like a frog. But that man was a professional singer. He used to cut albums when he was in the world. He was real popular. <clears throat> but God saved him. Thank God. that I would have never got to know the whole truth until he came about. But the thing was, you got to understand something. You got to understand how the scripture is. When you have goods, share what you have. God had to deliver me. I didn't like to share food. I'm, just, I'm confessing. I didn't. Now I'll give you my munchies. Ah, I like munchies, yummy, yummies. I'll share my yummies. <laughs> I know people might laugh at me, but yeah, I like to have my yummy, my cookies, my candy, my ice cream. I'm not giving them up. I even went to the dentist. They said, you need to stop eating all that junk. No, I'm not. Who told you that? God told you that? I don't think God told you that. <laughs> I hope they said the cookie the nice human candy in heaven. <laughs> my friend, me and my friend, uh, 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 my friend's wife, we got this thing going about who's going to get what in heaven because she's talking about she's looking for some fried chicken. <laughs> well, you know, it's good to talk about stuff going on in heaven because that's where you're going, you know. That's where you plan on going, you know. You got to figure out what's up there, you know. Okay, so, oh, I'm not going to be lost. I'm not talking about what's in hell. That's not, that's, don't, don't people just go to hell and want to go to hell? They need to talk about that place because that's where they're going to spend eternity and get kicked over into the lake of fire. So I'm not going there, so I plan to talk about heaven because that's a wonderful place, exciting stuff going on there. Cool people up there. They'll give me some of the apostles and, oh, my gosh, you can see Jesus, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a good time. Okay. But the scripture here, verse 17, says, Whoso have if the world good? And see if his brother had me, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God? How are you gonna stand before God? That's something to think about. How are you gonna stand before God? How? How are you gonna stand before God and you shut up your bowels of compassion to somebody that was in me? How are you gonna stand before God? What are you gonna tell God? You can't. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You could, You got a. Uh, uh, you got a better chance to cut a deal with the mafia. I'm serious. Than with God. Because when He say no, 
There's nothing nobody could do. That's it. I'm serious. When God said no, that's it. When his compassion and mercy is cut off from you, there's nothing no one could do. They could pray till their hair turn purple. The Bible said their prayer will return to them. They'll return back to their bosom. I know what the word of God say. You need to get to know this word for yourself. Show compassion. If you have something that somebody needs, give a little. Bless somebody. Feed somebody. Sometimes I do it. I don't have a lot, but sometimes I share a little I have. And it's not so much to be seen. I see videos with people doing things. Uh, um, they feed the people. One, I've seen a couple of them. They're running around feeding people, and they and they video them. See what we're doing? We're feeding them, and we're doing it. I'm like, that is not about compassion. That's showing that you got something to give, so you can be seen, so you can get hit, see a pay. No. You know, you can get sponsors. Stop that. That ain't doing nothing. You know how many times that me and many thousands other preachers and stuff, evangelists and stuff, went to the area ministering to people and doing stuff. We didn't have no camera. See everybody. See what we doing. If you're looking for glory, you're not going to get it from God. He don't share his glory with nobody. <laughs> Amen. But I do, I do what I do from my heart. Do what you do from your heart. And God will reward you. What you do in secret, that's why people miss out. They don't do what they do from their heart. They do it to be seen. When I, any any Bible study or any uh, Sunday service or any revival I do, I don't write nothing down. I don't write no message out. I just, the Lord give me the scriptures and he does the work. I don't write nothing down. I don't run, I, I don't pre-write nothing. I just do the scriptures, whatever the Lord give me and let him do it because I'm, I'm, I, I care about God's people and people have different needs. You can sit down and write a message out that you think it should be. And then there's people in your church that's hurting or in that service that hurt from other things. You got to let God direct you. The Bible said in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's why a lot of people can't show the compassion because they're not being directed by God. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Let me let me move on. Let's go on. Let's go to uh, Jude chapter one. We're almost finished. That's a famous line preachers say. They'll say, we're almost finished and you have another two hours. <laughs> no, we're not going to be here. Jude chapter 1 verse 22. And it reads that follow. And of some have compassion, make it a difference. Jude chapter 1 verse 22. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And of some have compassion, making a what? A difference. And of some people having compassion, making a difference. He's talking about you, the individual. <laughs> See, that's the thing. He's talking about you, the individual. And of some people, you have to have compassion to make a difference in their life. I'm going to say it again. With some, you know what? I've had disputes with different people about uh, who could get saved. You say, what do you mean? Well, 
A lot of preachers feel that mainly drug addicts, homosexuals, lesbians, and those are the main type of people God saved. And that is a lie. It's always been a lie. The Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It shall not tell her in God, say anybody. The man don't have, you know what? I used to do uh, uh, with the street team I started out with. Uh, we used to do street service in downtown Manhattan on 42nd Street. They had like a, and 44th Street. They had like a, a, um, like a little corner spot right in the center. And that's where we did it. And we would do the service and people from all walks of life would come and give their life to the Lord. I'd sometimes be wallowing in the dirt with them. It's true. I'd be sitting right, I'd do that today if I have to. I would sit right down in the dirt with them and talk with them and they would be surprised that we would suit that low. We'd sit down in the dirt with them and talk about the Lord and pray for them. Put an arm around them and pray for them. Have compassion, making a difference. Not all of them were drunk. Not all of them were prostitutes and all that. Some of them were people. Listen to this. Some of them were people that got caught up in scams and lost everything. They home, their wives, left them and all. These were rich men at one time. Well off. Some of them were doctors and lawyers, but they got caught up in greed and such stuff like that and lost everything and wound up in the street. Some stories would blow you away. Some stories would blow you away when you hear about these people. But I'm going to tell you something. You got to have compassion, making a difference in those people's lives. Letting them know that God cares. He's concerned and he loves them too. But they have to, come, they have to surrender their life to him in order for him to really correct it. Because they can't correct things they need to do in sin. That's why they can't get moved forward. The world don't want them. The world don't want to bother with them no more. That's like y'all bad. Those people that love to be basketball, the young boys that's dreaming of being basketball players. I'm going to be on the NBA. Blah, 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 blah. They don't know that the NBA lasts only to about 34. <clears throat> After 34, if you're 34, 35, you don't have no career. You ain't got nothing. You're homeless. If you blow all the money you got, and some of them wind up in the street. So the scripture says here in verse 22 of Jude, and of some have compassion, making a difference, making a difference in their lives. Making a difference in their lives. Not just today, not just tomorrow. But what the words that you speak will become life to them to help bring them out and lift them over out of that mess they in. Let's move on. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5 real quick. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 2, real quick. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 2. It says, Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. Let me read this again. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. That's us. That's us preaching. That's us God. That's us preaching. That's us saints that say that we can have compassion on people that are ignorant of God's righteousness. 
that we can have compassion and show them the way where they should walk and where the way they should live. They're not going to know on their own. They're not going to know what to do on their own. But we have to make a difference. Look at that verse. Who can have compassion on the ignorant, or ignorant and on them that are walked out of the way? They were walking with God and they walked away. They turned their back. They don't, they don't know. They got misled. Fool around with the wrong people. But we got to be able to have compassion and love and mercy and some grace to show. Because the Bible said, a brother went over. That's a great work to do. But a brother offended is harder than this winter in the whole city. So what we have to do is make a difference and have compassion on other people. One of the things I've learned about this, we must have compassion on other people, regardless of what other people think about us having compassion on someone else. It's not a popular thing to do. Having compassion on people is not popular. Having mercy and showing grace to people is not popular. If you want to be with the in crowd, you can't do that kind of stuff. But when you be with the in crowd, you're going to be lost with the in crowd. One more time. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. You got stuff going on in your life, in your body, that you're waiting on God to bring forth and heal. But you have compassion on other people. You show concern for other people. You show care and love for them. And concern for them. And you reach out to touch their lives every day. All right, let's move on real quick. Let's go to Micah 7.19. Micah 7.19 real quick. And we just about finished. Micah 7, 9, uh, 7, 19. And the us follow. Listen to this. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the seas. Let me read that again. He will turn again and have compassion upon us he will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That's what God wants to do, out of compassion. He wants to not only forgive us of our sins, he wants to cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Only the devil and people bring back those thoughts about what you did. God don't. God don't got rid of them once you truly repent from your heart. God don't got rid of that stuff. But people don't. People will forever hold you accountable. Now, I want to make this clear. Do not think if you went around raping children and all that stuff, 
you're free to go. You're going to pay in the eyes of the law. Robbing people, know that you're going to pay. You may have repented of your sin, but you still have to pay for your crimes. You're not getting away. I know people think they get away. I'd rather pay here than in eternity. That's Amen. for sure. So the scriptures say here in verse 19, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That's what we want God to do. But you, you cannot, listen to this. You cannot expect God to have mercy and compassion on you. And if you have no compassion on nobody else. I know that's not one of those messages that got you jumping up and down and want to have a good time, but it's about compassion to show to other people that you want God to show to you. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say do, beloved. I know you're ready to go with Pastor how I've been preaching to you, but the truth is, beloved, if you want God to show you any compassion in your lifespan, as you drive on a highway, learn to show compassion to other people. Care about other people. Yeah. Help other people. I didn't tell them to give every dime you had. Help some people. Yeah. I ask people, and most services I ask, I ask people to become a partner, uh, give a leave of offering. I ask them to do that in love and compassion. Some dumb. And then I can do about it. However, God keeps, God sends people to help the ministry. Some of them not even part of the ministry, and they help. Because God touched their life and God's going to bless them. I know people that give to this ministry that uh, they shouldn't be able to give, shouldn't give nobody a dime because they ain't got a dime to give. But God bless them every time they give. I have nothing to do with it. It's not my business. I ain't got nothing to do with it. And I don't even, I they don't even watch the broadcast. None of it. They don't understand nothing. And they still trying to help the ministry with a little they can do. But some that have don't do nothing. They just watch the broadcast and don't do nothing. But I, I'm going to tell you something. God have compassion. God cares about us all. God loves us and he cares about us. The more people I can reach with this, this message, the messages the Lord give me, the better I can have compassion and help more people with the gospel. And that's all I'm bringing to them. I'm not bringing no blessed nails or none of that other garbage. These dummies running around and doing no scams. I ain't got no scams. I scam my wife now and then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other than that, I was like, huh? I was good about it. I just tell you the truth. And she scammed me back. She tricked me a couple of times too. Um, but anyway, if there's anybody that don't know the Lord is your personal savior today that's listening to this broadcast or watching it, I love you and I'm concerned for you. So I want to pray a simple sinner's prayer with you. If you believe in Christ, to come into your heart. Let's pray. Bye ahead. And repeat after me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Save me right now. Save me from myself. Help me to have compassion on others. Please have compassion on me and save me. Sanctify me. Fill me with your Holy Ghost. Give me a mind to serve you in Jesus' name. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen. Next Sunday, if you missed it, the messages, I, I don't broadcast messages, but next Sunday message 
is about what a friend we have in Jesus. Do not miss that message. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. That's going to be the message for next week. I never broadcast no message ever. Never. But next week, what a friend we have in Jesus. Now, on Wednesday night, we have Bible study um, at 8, 815, um, right here. Come be a part. Visit the website, the Tabernacle Deliverance, and become a part. No, leave a prayer request. And give a testimony. And don't forget this part. You could become part of our Wisdom for Life scripture series we do on Tuesdays and Fridays. Email us at wecare at the tabernacle deliverance, isc.org. And um, hold on a second here. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's something in the background. Okay. Um, I, what about, well, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, uh, to become part of the Wisdom for Life scripture series that we do on Tuesdays and Fridays. I send it out Tuesday, Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, email at uh, we care at the tabernacle of deliverance.inc.org. And uh, let us know if you want to be by email. Uh, give us your email, uh, your telephone number for text, and uh, uh, your uh, Facebook page so we can add you, on, uh, add, add you to the list on Facebook. Until Wednesday night Bible study. On Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock, I'll see you later. God bless. <laughs>